Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host. And today, uh, we always talk about underdogs, so we might have a little bit of conversation about actual dogs. And uh, I have a really special guest that's with me today who I actually met in, in uh, Toronto. He came to our Transformers Mastermind. He'd, I know I'd seen, he, I think he was following Brandy on Facebook, and I didn't really know him very well, but, I, but uh, Peter had said that... Uh, this guest that helped him with uh, with his his adjusting with dogs and and uh, Dr. Peter Corkin seen tons of animals as well, and uh, and so I got to meet him in uh, in Toronto and I thought holy cow this is really a uh, really good podcast episode for people out there because we all know how important chiropractic is for humans um, and uh, this is going to be our expert to show how important chiropractic is for animals so uh, I want everyone to. Uh, Give a round of applause if you're in your car, haha, <laughs> to uh, Dr. <laughs> Bill Ormston. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Bill. Hey, thanks for having me, Don. It's great to see you again, and uh, it's always fun to talk. That's so cool. Yes, and uh, and so you're down in Dallas, Texas. So we're down in Dallas, right? Um, we're just a little bit southwest of Dallas, uh, closer to Waco than than Dallas, and. You know, a lot of your listeners probably know our, our Waco um, <laughs> famous people, yeah. you know, the, the people that in the renovators, right? So yeah. we have, uh, well, people will come to class and uh, laugh because sometimes they'll come a day early. And we had, um, in fact, this past weekend, we had uh, vets and chiropractors come to module one to learn about an animal adjusting. And one of them showed up, they had gone to Waco before they it's like, oh, it's, it's only a two hour out of the way. Side, to get there. side drive, yeah. Yeah, so they could go to see Chip and Joanne. <laughs> oh, jeepers. So for so people out there, um, maybe just explain, um, I want you just to kind of explain of what you're doing right now, and then we're going to go all the way back in time to how you got there. So, so tell the listeners, what, what, are, you, what are you doing right currently? Um, so right now, we basically uh, teach, um, we're one of five schools in, North America, um, that includes the Canadian schools, that allows um, veterinarians and chiropractors to take our program and then sit for the National um, American Veterinary Chiropractic Association certification exam to become certified in animal chiropractic. That's cool. And so you have basically a, a ranch, right, where people can come right down and they not only take the class, but they also get their hands on animals right away, right? Well, and, and I never knew what this term meant, but we dip them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, because I'm a veterinarian, so I don't come from a history of chiropractic philosophy. I didn't get chiropractic philosophy, and we're going to discuss about how I got here. But, but people would be like, oh, go get dip. Oh, go get dip. And I'm like, no. Yeah, that's what, what? Am I an ice cream cone or something? <laughs> yeah, well. Or even anti-parasite, you know, get dip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I guess when you're dealing with animals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
So I, I didn't understand what that really was. But now um, we dip people. They, they come to the ranch. Um, we live a chiropractic philosophy, uh, gluten-free, sugar-free, anti-inflammatory diet, organic, um, chiropractically adjusted chickens and turkeys, uh, food on the table. And then we discuss and teach chiropractic philosophy all weekend. And our program is the only program of the six um, schools yeah. where um, most of them will do the setups and they will watch certified ad uh, chiropractors adjust the animals at the end of the lab session. Yeah. Um, when you come to our program, it's a little bit different in that we used to say that we um, allowed students to adjust, but, but that's a little bit too um, wishy-washy. No, we make students adjust here. Um, so the people that were here this weekend, um, I believe they adjusted uh, 20 horses over the weekend, the students did. Yeah. And we, I think close to 40 dogs, the, the wow. students adjusted themselves. Now they were all under direct supervision of Dr. Amy and myself. And so the, and the clients know that their students getting adjusted or adjusting their animals and they love it. They love it. And the students all go home and after module one and they're confident and they know they can do it. That's cool. Well, and it's just like in chiropractic school, right? The more, the more hands-on, right? Cause chiro chiropractic, yep. um, the adjusting skill is a very neurological um, phenomenon. So it, it's just like uh, learning a new golf swing or anything. It just has to be done enough so that you don't only just learn it in your head, but you'll learn it in your physiology. Right. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Well, and, and kind of the physiology, I thought you were going to go right where I was going to go. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's close, but we let them learn. So they were here for four days and yep. we tell them right up front Thursday and Friday, you can spend up here. Yep. In your but head. Saturday and Sunday, you got to be down here in your heart. Yeah. In your heart. Right your there. Heart. Yep. And when we can get you adjusting from your heart, then then that's where you need to be. Oh yeah, baby. That's awesome. Cause I mean, when you go to work on a on a good day, you know, do you really think about the adjustments that you're gonna make? Or do they just happen? Yeah, they just happen. Yeah. 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 So cool. So you, we go from um, Dr. Bill, who has a big, huge ranch with a big school, which teach chiropractors and veterinarians on how to be amazing, uh, philosophically uh, vitalistic chiropractors for animals. Um, how did this all start? Like, you're a vet first. And why don't you just go into why did you want to become a vet in the first place? And did you grow up in Texas? Because I was the underdog. Hey, Truly, baby. I was the underdog. They told me I couldn't go to vet school. Oh, really? They Oh yeah, I wasn't smart enough. In fact, I didn't get in the first two times I tried. Yeah. You know? So yeah. as you're sitting here talking about the underdog and introducing me today, I was like, wow. So one of my, you know, we've, you and I talked a little bit and you know, my dad was a coach, a pretty good coach. Yeah. And, and he was a high school wrestling coach. And one of our, my fondest memories of my dad is when that, that I actually won a match and I was like highly, highly the underdog. I mean, Crazy. really bad the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and ever surprised even him, I think, that that I won. Um, but but it surprised me. But no, not 
And I'm like, man, I've been an underdog a long time, you know? And I, they told me I couldn't go to vet school and I went to vet school and I got to vet school and, and I was going to be a cow doctor, you know? And they said, Oh, you don't want to be a cow doctor. And I said, yes, I did. And so I was a cow doctor and I didn't really want to be a cow doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, but I didn't know, you know, and, and then I had a son that was autistic with a seizure disorder. And as some of you know, that live with handicapped people or children, everybody has a cure for you. Right. Everybody has a cure for you. And so I just got out of vet school and, and I knew medicine and I knew all this stuff. And so people would say, Oh, you ought to use extra or, Oh, you ought to do this. And I'd have to go study it yeah, and see what it was going to do. And so um, I have a degree in veterinary homeopathy from the British Institute. Uh, so I'm a doctor of veterinary homeopathy um, because when you get a book on homeopathy, it says, when you get to the chapters on seizures, it says, this is a serious condition. Uh, consult a naturopath in your area. Great. Okay. <laughs> so that didn't work. If I had one of those, I would have gone there in the first place. But, and then the next thing up is that you get, um, everybody said, oh, chiropractic. So I'd call chiropractors out of the blue. Yeah. You know, I've got a son with seizures. Oh, no, we can't help. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've been there a little bit mm -hmm. because I know you've had your hands slapped about your advertisements, mm -hmm. yeah. right? The underdog. Yeah. And, and I'd be like, well, but somebody told me to go to the chiropractor, but you told me it won't help. So try a different chiropractor. Well, there's a little dog by the name of T-Boy and he had some erectile dysfunction problems and his owner said, let's do surgery. And I didn't have anything to offer him because I didn't know chiropractic at the time. Yeah. So I sent him to the surgeon and they did three surgeries and then he died. Ooh. And I was like, man, that just doesn't sound good. And I happened to go to a meeting and they had an introduction to animal chiropractic. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought, hmm, that maybe would have helped that little dog. So maybe I'll just go get some CE there so that if that ever happens again, I'll at least know where to send them. Right. And in our program, when we teach veterinarians, we don't care that every veterinarian learns how to do animal chiropractic. And we don't really care that every chiropractor learns how to do animal chiropractic. But our goal is that they both learn how different animal chiropractic is from human chiropractic, how similar it is, mm -hmm. and who can benefit from it. Right. And that's our goal. So that was why I went to start. Cool. And, and then it kind of ballooned from there. So we moved to Texas. I was in Missouri at the time, moved to Texas, um, got a letter, said, hey, you need CE. I said, oh, I don't have any money because it's right after I moved, you know, and you know how moving is. Yeah, yeah. Because you guys just moved a little bit ago, right? Or We moved our to, office. We moved yeah, our office. Well, that's yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But I totally know when you moved. Yeah. yeah. When you move, it's like, wow, your cash flow goes whoop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I called them up said, I don't I can't work. And they go, well, why don't you plan something in Dallas? And I was like, oh, okay. 
So we put together a little meeting. I was going to have it at Motel 6 because remember, I have no, no money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, send that up to get approved by the National Association. And they said, that looks fantastic. In fact, we think we should have the annual meeting in conjunction with your meeting. Okay. <laughs> Probably can't have it at Motel 6 then, can we? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So somebody said, uh, somebody, it was my receptionist, her husband was going to school at Parker. She said, why don't you rent Parker? I said, okay. So we rented the rooms at Parker and I hosted that annual meeting in 2003 at Dallas, Texas. Oh, cool. At Parker, at Parker Chiropractic College. Nice. Um, my CE cost me uh, 30 cents an hour that year. Wow. We didn't, make, didn't make any money on the meeting, but we didn't lose any money. <laughs> Good. It was 30 cents an hour, which is pretty reasonable for CE. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and uh, Fab Mancini was the president then. Yeah. And he said, you know, there's more people interested in this thing than I thought. Maybe, maybe we should uh, have a program here. So a guy by the name of Dr. Gene Giggleman is a veterinarian. He was the Dean of Academics at the time. Oh yeah. So, yeah, you know Dr. Yeah, Gene. Yeah. So Dr. Gene and I sat down and Gene said, well, you've been ABCA certified. So why don't you take everything at your program that you liked and keep it similar and change anything you didn't like. So we made a program and we started teaching and it went pretty well. Um, had a lot of instructors come down and they came down. A lot of them came down for module one out of six at the time. Yeah. And we got all done and we went to the bar afterwards to celebrate and uh, a cup, two of them, their exact words were, well, I guess I have to go home and write module two, three, and four now. Said, <laughs> You've had six months. And they go, yeah, we've had six months, but they didn't, I'm going to put this in quotes here and you guys on the radio can't see it, but they said, you're kind of the underdog doc. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we didn't think you could do it. Yeah. So we thought we'd come down here for module one and then part ways. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's pretty much what they all thought. Hmm. But they all went home and wrote module, their part for module two, three, four, five, and six. And Parker still has a program yeah. uh, in animal chiropractic. And um, we taught there, Dr. Amy and I, we taught there until 2012 was our last year. And then cool. we um, started ACEs, uh, All Creatures, um, our animal chiropractic education source. Our clinic is All Creatures Every Spine. They're both ACEs. Yeah, cool. And uh, the reason that we started our own program is that we put half of the program online. Yeah. So that you only have to make three trips to the lab. And lab one, um, most programs in the United States meet once or twice. Yeah. Ours meets 12 times a year. So you can pick what month you want to come to class. Right. Um, we have a module one every month. If, if you wanted to start our program today, Don, we'd, we'd do some discussing. You'd First off, we want to make sure you're right for our program. And that's yeah. huge because not everybody should come to our program. Great. Um, you have to be a self-starter. You have to be ready to go. And so we'll get you started. Make sure you can do that. 
And then within two hours, you'll be up and running. You can do the online part at your, uh, your speed yeah. and then come to lab whenever it works for you. So that's pretty cool because those other programs, right? You had to leave for six weekends in the year. Yeah, at least six. And it's, in, it's like Parker's starts in March and it's done in August. Right. And if you miss one, you got to wait and come back next year. Right. Oh, so, so you have that availability so you can kind of fit it into your busy schedule, which is great because that's the hardest part about doing a program like that is trying to get it all in this one year, right? Yeah. And you can have two years. We've had people take it in two months, finish everything in yeah. two months. Even though there's three trips, you can get it done in two months. Yeah. Or you can spread it out over two years. Wow. That's cool. That's so great. Yeah. And, and we'll put it in the show notes, but what's the, what's the uh, website for your guys' uh, for your school? It's uh, www.animalchiropracticeducation.com. Cool. Yeah. So everybody just take a look at that if you're, if you're interested in seeing some animals because it's, uh, well, we're going to talk about that here in a second, but it's pretty amazing. So um, my, everybody knows uh, we have a dog named Lux and uh, you'll hear it because I think every third podcast episode, he barks in the background. So he, he likes to be heard and uh, we've been having problems with him. Um, since we got him because he was about a year in a cage so his whole spine was all curved in the sea so the very first uh, chiropractor that helped me work on him was Dr. Peter Kevorkian and uh, and then the second one just after his other we had knee surgery and then now his other knees bugging him and then Dr. Bill was was helping us out with that too so so tell me a little bit about um, going from a veterinarian and then and then seeing uh, the, the, the power of chiropractic, like how, how did that happen for you? Like when you come out as a, as a vet and then also now, cause you said mostly you just adjust, like that's basically what you Nine, do. 98, 98% of our practice. Yeah. Is yeah. adjusting. We still how, have a practice. Yeah. Yeah. How did that shift? How did that shift go? So did you just slowly started adjusting? Do you have any kind of cool story? Well, you probably have tons of cool stories, but just a couple of cool <laughs> stories of, of like when you had that discovery process of how important chiropractic was. Well, it was, it was slow, and then it was a boom, hit you with a two-by-four on the top of the head. But um, first off, it, it was, you know, we started adjusting a lot of different animals, and I started to do one of the things when I got ABCA certified, which was, um, just so some people know, I graduated from vet school 30 years ago this, um, in May, yeah, which was a couple months ago. And I've been doing animal chiropractic for 20. Wow. So um, just a couple years. And I've been doing, I would say, 95% chiropractic for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, because for the first 10 years, you know, I was in that mindset of where we still had to do everything. We had to do everything. And I didn't really have the philosophy. And once I started getting and understanding the philosophy, the philosophy, not philosophy, but yeah. the philosophy. Right. Because okay. having no philosophy is still a philosophy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's correct. And people, people don't understand that. Yeah. But, but yeah. But, but once I got ADIO, yeah. and once I truly understood that the power of the innate, then chiropractic makes so much sense. And, you know, you see the signs on the chiropractor's office that say adjust first drug second surgery third. And we try to teach our veterinarians that adjust first. We now use in our practice, 
the adjustment as a diagnostic tool. Interesting. And, and veterinarians are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You gotta do that, you can't adjust. Oh my, you might hurt it. No, you won't. If you know what you're doing, you will not hurt anybody with an adjustment. And they say, oh, but it's published. Okay, so a few years back, there was an article in the AMA, American Medical Association Journal, that yeah. said chiropractic is unsafe. You remember that one? Oh yeah, well, one of the many. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yep, I said it's unsafe. And it had some statistics in there. It said that in 75 years of recorded history, 25 people had died as a direct result of a chiropractic adjustment. Now, some of those weren't by chiropractors, but we won't even go there. Yeah. But let's just say that number's valid. 25 people in 75 years. Right. That's pretty significant. <laughs> let's see. That's a third of a person every year. Right. Wow. So, okay. But <laughs> what a lot of people don't re realize is in that same AMA journal, there was an article about adverse events with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories in humans. Ah. Yeah. And around a thousand people every day had an <laughs> adverse effect. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But that's okay. And that's safe. Yeah. But a third of a person every year is dangerous. Right. <laughs> I, I still have trouble with those numbers. I, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, I agree with the numbers, yeah. but I have the value that they placed on them is so we adjust everything. We'll adjust a dog. Don't know how long it's going to hold. So if I, let's say that you adjust your dog and as soon as he gets to not be holding his adjustment again, you call me say, okay, what do I do? Bring him in. We're going to adjust him again. How many days was it? It was three. Great. We're going to adjust him again. Now, if he goes four or five or 10 days until he needs his next adjustment, we are on the right track. Yeah. The body's healing. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing and everything is great. And all we're going to do is adjust him as needed. Yeah. Now, if that second and third adjustment is in three days, so we didn't hold it any longer than the first adjustment. Then let's look and see what's going on. Why isn't he holding his adjustment? Did I miss something as a chiropractor? And we had our own dog. Something happened to him at one of the classes. He was moping around. He wasn't getting better. We adjusted him. We adjusted him. We adjusted him. I said, you know, we really need to do some x-rays. So we went, we don't have x-rays here, but we went to a local vet. We did x-rays. We didn't, we didn't sedate him. We just did x-rays. We said, oh, look, T2 is moved in a different way than we ever thought it could. Didn't know T2 could move that way, but it's obviously moved. So we said, hmm, Looks to me like we ought to go this way and this way, which was a weird way to go, but we did. And he didn't like it very much, but he let us do it. <laughs> yeah. And we're right there. 
So we re-actuated it afterwards. We fixed it. We put him down. We should have put him down before we re-actuated him, but we put him down and he went, ooh, you fixed it. And, and he's good since. So sometimes we'll find something we missed. Right. We had a dog that came in, oh, four or five months ago now, and he was on seven anti-inflammatories, or had been on seven anti-inflammatories for back pain and abdominal bloating. We adjusted him, put him down. Man, the owner says, oh my God, he looks great. Three days later, she calls up, he's bad. Brings him in, we adjust him, put him down. Oh my God, you did it, he's great. Three days later, said, you know what? We're missing something. Let's take an x-ray and see what's going on. So seven bladder stones. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. So the reason he wasn't holding his adjustment was he had a visceral somato problem. Yes. Got rid of the bladder stones, adjusted him the day after surgery. Boom, he's good to go. That's interesting. So that's cool. That's why you talk about it as a diagnostic tool, right? Because yeah. if, if chiropractic alone is not getting them where you want to go, then there's probably something going on unless you missed it, right? Unless there's something right. that we haven't adjusted properly, but there might be something bigger, like could be cancer or, or whatever, like something, who knows what, what it something could be. Something we can fix, a bladder stone that, you know, chiropractic definitely can't help that now. It could help prevent it because if we leave a, live a chiropractic lifestyle, we can make sure that our body is at a proper pH, which is going to help prevent those bladder stones. And if we have proper nerve flow to the bladder, we will have proper emptying of the bladder, which will help prevent um, bladder stones. Yeah. Because either of those things can cause, lead to bladder stones. Right. Improper emptying or improper pH of the body. Yeah which a chiropractic lifestyle is going to help both of those. That's cool. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, you know, we've adjusted a lot of different animals. Um, and we, we find that, that they're both the same, you know, that it's the same. It doesn't matter what species we have, human or animal, principled chiropractic adjustment will help. Um, we, we had a story and I have some x-rays to back this up. Um, but this, one of our students who is a board certified equine surgeon, and now she's AVCA certified animal chiropractor, went out to look at a horse and this horse was so neurologically messed up that he would fall over just standing there. Oh, wow. And her first thought was, oh, this is bad. <laughs> like a brain tumor or something like that? <laughs> well, like a broken neck. Oh, wow. Okay. Is what she thought. And the people um, had limited English. And they were like, no, you fix. You, you fix our friend's horse. You fix this one. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> and, and she said, but I think this, your horse has a broken neck. They go, no, you fix, you fix. <laughs> so she said, all right. So she said, we're not going to adjust a lot, but we're going to adjust. So she adjusted the atlas. And the horse went, 
shook his head, just his head, and wiggled his ears, and thought, hmm. she thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's not broken. <laughs> she went down, she said, okay, we'll adjust one more place, and I'm gonna adjust this bone that's sticking out in the side of the neck. It was C4. Okay. She said, but I want you to know, in fact, she made him sign a paper that said this might kill your horse. <laughs> if they die, yeah, that's, you have to know. If they die, they die. <laughs> yeah, it might kill your horse. So she sat up on it, perfect LOC, and it was, it was definitely stuck. And she adjusted it, and she said, there was this grating feeling. <laughs> like um, bone on bone. Like grinding? Yeah, like grinding, like yeah. bone on bone as it went back into place. Yeah. And her thought was, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase uh -oh. that yeah, for your exactly. listeners. <laughs> PG version. <laughs> yeah. And she said the horse went straight up in the air. And, you know, you've seen Trigger, right? Yeah. And it went straight up in there and stood there, two-legged. <laughs> And everybody's like, wow. <laughs> and I said, you have video of this, don't you? And she goes, no, I don't have video of this. Because uh -oh. my first thought was, oh, my God, he's going to die <laughs> land on somebody. So she was running around pushing everybody back because we yeah. don't know which way he's going to fall. Yeah. And he came down and landed on all four and sighed and shook all the way through and just stood there. And she said, okay, we're going to leave now. And um, you're going to bring the horse into the clinic tomorrow, and we're going to x-ray his neck. So they left. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, people bring the horse in. And she's in the office, and the, the, all the help is there. And they go, oh, be real. She's like, be careful with that horse. It's got a broken neck. It's, you know, it's drunk. It's neurologic. Make sure it doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> so they go out to unload this horse. And they come back in and they say, no, that's a different horse, Doc. This horse is fine. There's nothing wrong with this horse. And she goes, no, these people? Yeah, those people. Well, they only have one horse. It can't be any other horse. Because <laughs> they only have one. <laughs> they only have one. Yeah. And so she goes out. She goes like, hmm, horse is a lot better today, isn't it? People go, yeah, you fix, you fix. <laughs> she says, we're still going to x-ray the horse. And they're like, no, no need, you fix. She goes, no. So they took the x-ray. Guess what? Broken neck. No way. Yep, broken neck. <laughs> so now the horse is living in a pasture for three months to see what happens and then they're gonna start rehabbing it again. But it did have a broken neck. So the one contraindication for chiropractic adjustment is fracture of the motor unit you're adjusting. But guess what? <laughs> well, I guess, again, as long as, long as you're, uh, again, as long as your adjustment line of drive isn't like gonna put further pressure on that, right? Was it a transverse process or was it right around the neural? No, it was. No, nah, it was body. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it had moved so far out that it was putting a lot of pressure on the cord. And so when she thrust on it in an appropriate manner. Yeah, it was took the pressure was, off. Yeah, 
she actually set the bone in a, to a more normal position. Um, I had a puppy that, well, a couple dogs early in my career that I adjusted. Uh, one of the first dogs that was significant was a dog that had had a lot of veterinarians look at it and nobody could figure out what was wrong. It was dragging a leg and I touched it between the atlas and the occiput and it screamed and the lady got mad because I hurt her dog. So I had her touched both places and it screamed when she touched the dog. I said, you know, we probably ought to take x-rays. Yeah. Well, we took some x-rays and I said, okay, let's develop them. And the techs were like, um, well, we don't have the x-ray processing machine turned on yet. And I was like, oh, okay, well, okay, well, let's do that. But, but you've known me just long enough to know that I'm a little bit ADD, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So can you imagine trying to wait for the processor to warm up? <laughs> so I just, I just adjusted it. And came back and the lateral junction on the one side that was sore was so inflamed that you could see the inflammation on the x-ray and you couldn't see even the AO joint. That's how inflamed it was. Wow. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So I went back in the exam room to see how the dog was doing and tell the lady that, you know, this was going on. She says, he's fine. He's great. Thanks. Whatever you did worked. And, and he'd been three-legged lame, which been dragging a leg three yeah. out, you know, for three weeks. Wow. So that helped a little bit. And then we had a little puppy that was, had hydrocephalicus and was seizuring, hyperreflexia, jumping at everything. And I said, you know, we ought to do this, we ought to do that. And people were like, no, we don't really have the money. So I adjusted his atlas. He quit trembling, he quit seizure, and he started like walking around a little bit, doing pretty good. And they said, oh, you did, you know, you were great. So they took him home. And then four hours later, he started. The season again. Yeah. yeah. So they took him to the emergency clinic where they did do x-rays. They did do everything. And uh, he had uh, bilateral agenesis of the occipital condyles. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so, but he had the best four hours of his life <laughs> yeah. before they ended up putting him to sleep. There was no way he could have held an adjustment. Yeah. Just you didn't know? have the didn't have the structure to actually hold it. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't there. And there was no way he could have lived with, you know, agenesis of the occipital condyles. But but the adjustment done properly did not hurt him. And right. it actually helped him. Right. You know, he like I like I said, one of the things in vet school is that we used to have a motto, no animal should die without the benefits of steroids. I now think that no animal should die without the benefits of an atlas adjustment. Totally. You know? Yeah. Adjust the atlas. It's amazing um, how much that ad atlas adjustment, um, like in our chickens and turkeys, when we get to that point, that atlas adjustment is huge. It's huge. Wow. And, and so that's kind of, we've had some paralyzed dachshunds that I have sent to other chiropractors. Mm -hmm. because I've been out of town, all right? Yeah. So I think you're, I told you your dog probably had an atlas superior on the right, correct? Yeah, and he did, yeah. And he did. Yeah. And I taught you how to correct it, and you fixed it, and it helped. Yeah. 
All right, so I'm out of town. Lady calls me up, my dog's paralyzed again. So I call an ABCA certified doctor, say this lady's gonna bring a dog into you. She's got a, dog's got an Alice career on the right, fix it. So the dog comes in and they take x-rays and it has a prolapsed disc at T12, T13. So they work on T12, T13. Four days later, dog's still paralyzed. So she, lady calls me up again and says, you know, I said, well, did they adjust the atlas? No, they just worked on this area. I said, okay, fine. So I said, go try this chiropractor. So they went to another ABCA certified chiropractor. Yeah. They went in and if this, the first one was a DBM, the second one was a DC. They went in and I had called her, said, hey, adjust the atlas superior on the right. People go in, they say, we saw doctor, this other doctor that's a DVM and he saw it and he did x-rays and he worked on here. So the second chiropractor calls the first doctor. Said, yeah, doctor O doesn't know what he's talking about. He hasn't seen this dog this time, blah, blah, blah. This is the problem. So she works on the problem. Sees the dog three times. On the, on the thoracic area or whatever. On the thoracic because there's a radiographic problem there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? It's painful there. So anyway, three weeks, three weeks go by. We come back into town. The people call us up and they say, we're thinking about putting our dog to sleep. It's not getting any better. Are you getting back in town anytime soon? We said, well, we're back in town tonight. They said, we'll meet you. Okay, fine. So they actually had to back out of our driveway so that we could pull into the driveway after being gone for three weeks. So then they pulled in behind us. And so we saw their dog before they even got a chance to um, unpack. Yeah. So they told us what was going on with the x-rays and what they'd worked on. And I said, all right. So I said, I want to check leg length. So legs are uneven. I said, turn the head to the left. They got better. Turn the head to the right. They got worse. I said, okay, what that tells me is that lesion at T12, T13 may be there. I don't know. But obviously it's not affecting dural torque because the dura is still sliding by that prolapse disc. Yeah. So if that disc doesn't have enough pressure on the dura to cause an impingement in movement, it definitely isn't putting any pressure on the cord. So let's adjust the atlas. She goes, well, okay, but, but there's this problem. I said, nope, we're gonna adjust this atlas. So I adjust the atlas to dog yelps because it hurts. Yeah. I put the dog down on the floor and he walked. Oh, cool. Like right away. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And she said, oh my God, how come everybody doesn't know that? Yeah. So from that point on, you asked me how I got here. Yeah. There was a little bitty dog that got me started. Yeah, totally. And there was another dog or two that helped me along the way that told me how important it was. And then there was this dog that said, you need to teach everybody the power of the Atlas and how to check leg length. Yeah. Because it's huge. Yeah. 
Wow. And then also just for chiropractors out there too, um, when we were at that mastermind, you brought those little uh, 3D printers of a dog's atlas and it's yeah. definitely different than a human atlas. Oh, like, yeah. Significant. So like that, that is a huge thing about le learning on line of drives and stuff when you're adjusting with animals just because they're totally different than humans. Yeah, both ends. The middle's, yeah. the middle's the same. You adjust the thoracic, especially a lower thoracic lumbar on a dog, a horse, a cow, a pig. A human, yeah, they're about the same, about the same. <laughs> but the top and the bottom, yep, and that's huge. And it's the atlas. And if you don't adjust anything but the atlas, like we tell our students, when you adjust the atlas, and and the the biggest one is when we have that torque, like you know that superior on the right or left, it can go bilateral superior, and you don't put near as much pressure on the core. It can go posterior. And you don't put hardly any pressure on the cord. But when you get that superior on one side and you have a difference in the space between the ramus of the mandible and the wings of the atlas, you put a huge twist on that cord. Yeah. And it tells you that you affect all but two nerves in the animal's body when you adjust that AO junction. Mm. And when we consider that the nervous system controls everything, and they know you can't say this because in Canada, and especially your Providence, they'll be upset about you. But, but I can say it for you. Yeah. So everything in your body is controlled by the nervous system. Diabetes is caused. You know, diabetes, when you break it down, mm -hmm. is a normal, sorry about that, is the normal response to stress. If I scared you and startled you right now, your blood sugar would go up, your ability to, for insulin to work would go down because your fight and flight kicks in. Yeah. So if we do blood right after you were startled, we'd be, oh my God, you're diabetic. Okay? Right. Because you would have all the symptoms right. of diabetes. If you wait five minutes in a normal functioning nervous system, they all go away. Right. Right. That's like high blood so, pressure. <laughs> yeah. High yeah. blood pressure. Yeah. Well, that's the stress response too. High totally. blood pressure is the stress response. Most of our most of our chronic diseases that we see in animals. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's the same in people, are caused by a stress response that doesn't go away. Right. And so if we can balance that could be pain. Pain causes a stress response. Yeah. Could be bad diet, inflammation, because that's going to cause a stress response. Mm -hmm. um, bad living, you know, no exercise, yep. bad posture. Yeah, we could go on and on and on. But everything that causes stress responses that leads to chronic problems, that if we just go see the chiropractor and live a chiropractic lifestyle, it all goes away. Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool now tell tell me a little bit about because people this is kind of a cool thing is that you you started adjusting the the food supply like that's some of the things that you're interested in so for chiropractors out there can you imagine like saying i would like to have my chicken well adjusted instead of well done well adjusted <laughs> tell tell the listeners a little bit about your experiment you did with your chickens well it started because we i mean 
remember way back when I wanted to be a bovine doctor. I wanted to be a cow doctor. Right. right? So, but, but they still do kind of have those ties and to production agriculture. And what I see in this country is people don't want to eat red meat because it's not healthy. People don't want to eat meat because it's not healthy, but yet we're supposed to eat meat. We, we need some of those amino acids. We need, um, because we can't, can't form them on our own. The only way we can get some of those amino acids, your dog must have organ meat, you know, from an animal. Um, because there's amino acids that he's re he requires that he can't get from grains, right? Or even from skeletal meat. Mm -hmm. So, and and different species require different things in their diet, and and we we need some meat. Really, I know people don't want to hear that, but but we do. Every once in a while, need some meat. So let's make sure that meat is healthy. Plus, we all live on the same planet. Um, there's a few chemicals, and I'm not going to name anything by name because I don't want to get into discussions, but there's a few chemicals that we give our, our cows, our horses, our dogs even, that will be passed in their feces, and they result in killing dung beetles. Um, there's some of them that re result in, like, if it rains after your horse would take a, a bowel movement, yeah. You will have a 12 inch in any direction sterile field. The wow. dirt dies. Now, hopefully, if it's not too concentrated of animals, the, the, it will get healthy again. But why should we kill our dirt? You know, even the vegetarians and the vegans out there need to be concerned about the dirt. Mm -hmm. Because if we kill our soil, it won't be very long. Right. You know, yeah, we've got meat that we can raise in a test tube and we've got, you know, all this other stuff that we don't need meat. We don't need to, but you know, if we kill the soil, we're not going to have trees to give us, re, to get rid of the CO2 and replace the oxygen. Yeah. You know, we've got to have dirt that's healthy. So why do we adjust our food supply? Because we want healthier dirt. <laughs> right. Interesting. And, yeah. and I am what I eat. So if I eat chiropractically adjusted animals, that's going to be better for me than if I eat crud. So we, we adjust everything on the farm, except for this year, we had 25 chickens that we didn't adjust. Hardest thing in my life <laughs> <laughs> was for 17 weeks. There was 25 chickens on the farm that I could not adjust. Mm -hmm. They needed it, and they showed me they needed it, but we couldn't do it. Um, so we did control group. We had 25 chicks that came in on the same day. We picked them all up. We spent the same amount of time petting them, handling them, as we did with 25 chickens that we picked up and adjusted. So every chick was, was marked. Every chick was weighed on a weekly basis until they got to their target market weight of six pounds. And um, our average days to market was 93 days for our adjusted chickens. Our average days to market for our non-adjusted chickens was 112. Wow. Okay. So from a farmer's standpoint that you can turn your stock a lot quicker yeah. if they're adjusted from a, every book in the country says that you can look at animal happiness, animal welfare, 
in animal vigor by looking at their rate of gain yeah. and, and how they convert their feed. So because our adjusted chicken and the biostatistician looked at our numbers, we just got it back last week from the biostatistician. Cool. For our pilot study, which is hard because we didn't have very big numbers, but for our pilot study, he says, with a statistical difference, it is for sure the adjusted chickens performed more vigorously than the non-adjusted chickens. That's pretty cool. Now, let's take that to a human standpoint. Whether we don't adjust chickens or we, you know, whether you don't eat meat or you don't. When do you want your child to be adjusted? Yeah, totally. When they're born <laughs> or not? Like when they're 18 or 19 or when they start to have back problems. Right. You know, birth is the most traumatic pro process in the world. These chickens hatched. They weren't even, they didn't have to go through a birth canal. Right. Right. They they're hatched. still subluxated. <laughs> they're still subluxated. Yeah. You know, life is causes subluxations you get micro traumas so we we see foals we see all kinds of animals that are born with subluxations and if we remove those subluxations we were talking about how chronic issues stress how stress leads to chronic problems in the human so what about the stress hormones in the meat you eat Mm -hmm. would you like to have a stress-free animal or one that's full of stress hormones? Yeah, no doubt. Did okay. they test that as well? Did they test the stress mm -hmm. hormones? We haven't this time, but we, we so basically this was a pilot project to yeah. try to get another study going on. Right. Um, we're going to apply for some grants, maybe, one of Brandy's places, we might even send a thing to that Australian research. Australia Spine Research Foundation. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're specific to just the well-being of humans or the well-being of all human, all the Earth's creatures. Right, but there is a holistic veterinary medical association that has the grant, and and we've been talking to them, and they're interested. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, one of the problems, as you know, and and I know that Brandy has found out with the Australian Spinal Research is it's hard to find people that will put up grant money um, for chiropractic care because there's no long-term return on their investment. Right. They can't sell the adjustment after it's done. Right. Totally. Cool. Well, um, thanks so much for sharing. We're, our time's already zipped right by. So that was, that was very interesting. I'm sure a lot of people out there got some, uh, some interesting tips because um, you know, just seeing, I think like dogs and cats and all that stuff, I always say, their brain isn't as evolved as ours, right? Because we have we have a frontal lobe where um, we're highly evolved compared compared to dogs, um, because we can sh turn on our stress response for no reason at all, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of, yeah. Right. So we, can, we can make ourselves sick, right? By by turning on our stress response when usually a dog or a cat just wants to be present in the moment and just enjoy life, right? So right. we can really see the benefit of chiropractic adjustment when you don't have all that extra stuff going on in your head, right? So. So I think that's going to be super beneficial to the listeners out there. Um, I always leave the last couple of minutes just for my guests to share, you know, uh, maybe a minute or two of their thoughts of what they could leave our listeners with. Um, many of them out there feel like underdogs or 
you know, maybe they're having a little challenge with their certainty in chiropractic or, or just needing a little pump up. And I was just wondering if you could lead them, leave them with some words of inf- uh, inspiration. Uh, yeah. Um, I would, number one, first off, if you're listening to Dodd's podcast, you probably already have embraced the chiropractic lifestyle. If not, get there. Yep. But, but even more than that is that we're working here um, on what we call the eighth summit. So there's seven summits in the United States, or in the world, sorry, one on tallest mountain on each continent. And it's a huge feat if you can climb all seven. Well, I don't have any desire to climb seven of them, but the eighth one is between my ears. Right. And how, and how high that summit is, is only determined by me. It's only by me. And the obstacles to me getting to that summit are only determined by me. Right. And so if, if I truly believe in what I'm doing, and as Brandy would say, if we're congruent in our thoughts and our processes. Yep. Okay. And if everything that we do is congruent to reaching that eight summit, you know what? How high that eight summit is can be huge. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that no matter what you do today, I think BJ or DD said it, you never know how many people that will affect. Right. And every day I'll find somebody, somebody will be like graduating from chiropractic school. And I'll be like, wow, I knew her when she had a horse. And, and I'll send her a message and say, congratulations. And they'll be like, no, thank you. And I mean, like, what do you mean? Thank you. And they'll be like, you told me to go be a chiropractor. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, no, remember what you do. So be, make it positive. Make your day be positive because you're the only one that can make your day be negative. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so much for being on my podcast, Bill. I really appreciate it. All right. It was, I loved it. And if we want to do it again, just, you know, where to find us. <laughs> That's awesome. We're south of the border. <laughs> exactly. So again, one more time, just what's your uh, email or your website address in case someone wants to get a little uh, certified in animal chiropractic. It is uh, www.animalchiropracticeducation.com. And if you, um, we do do some, um, long distance work with animals. Uh, so all creatures, every spine.com. Um, if you need help with your pet or your, your animal. That's great. So, so everybody out there, we always talk about uh, learning how to crush the curse with all of our humans, but don't forget about the dogs and the cats and the horses and the turkeys and the chickens, because uh, learning this stuff and sharpening up your skills can help you crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. 
I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.